listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. I have one thing to say to you, Beefy. Yes. Peter Taufa Tofua. Taufa Tofua. Jeez, yes. that was probably one of the hardest. A shirtless, oiled up, buff Tongan. That's it, back at the 2016 Summer Games in Rio. He was told by the officials to wear a suit and tie. Was he? He took a backpack along. He changed into his traditional loincloth, pulled out a jar of coconut oil, oiled himself up, walked along the street. People took his photo and it became viral. Did the same at Pyeongchang, the Winter Olympic, three degrees. Got semi-naked there as well. He was the Tongan team for the Winter Olympics. This is a remarkable story. In Rio 2016, he represented Tonga at Taekwondo. And he did Taekwondo because he was like the run to the litter. There were seven of them and he was the smallest and his mother enrolled him so that he would have some self-defence. Oh, yeah. He was actually born in Brisbane. His mother is Australian, his father's Tongan, and he's obviously spent a fair chunk of his childhood in Tonga, so it means a lot to him. He is going to compete at the 2020 Games in Tokyo next year. Magnificent. Just a little bit about Peter. Taufa Tafua. Is that he was initially representing Tonga in Taekwondo. Then he thought, well, I'll do a second sport, which became... Cross-country skiing. The guys from Brisbane and Tonga, there's no snow in Tonga and no snow in Brisbane. So he used to get up at five in the morning and watch YouTube videos on skiing. Why you do this at five in the morning, I don't know. And he had to do some practising, so he was putting on his roller skis and training in the park. In fact, the first time he actually hit the snow was in the qualifying rounds. In half the races, he came last. There was a Mexican cross-country skier that Peter beat, obviously, half the time. So are we thinking cool runnings or are we thinking Eddie Edwards? Jeez, I don't know, because your bones do shatter in a bobsled. I'd go Eddie the Eagle. Maybe he actually watched it and got inspired. What is his third Olympic sport he wants to do? He's going to do... Kayaking in Tokyo. Tongans and Polynesians are huge outrigger type kayakers as well. He would have grown up doing kayaking. It would be in his culture. He also wants to compete at Taekwondo as well, doing kayaking and Taekwondo in Tokyo. He can do both. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, what a man. That's terrific. Good luck to him. You're listening to The Bucket List. It's a bucket list. This morning we're speaking to Mike McLeish. I know for a fact that you were in Shane Warne the musical. What did you do? Did you play Shane? No, no. So Eddie Perfect, who wrote it, he also played Shane. I played a bunch of roles in that. I played Michael Slater and Mark War and played Daryl Cullinan as well, who was constantly spooked by, by Shane Warne. When they were having tea, I think, at one of the games in South Africa, Warne basically, oh, Daryl, it's been a long time since I've seen you play test cricket. And Cullinan came back and said, yeah, it looks like you spent most of it eating, Shane. <laughs> That's a solid sledge. Did Shane find it satisfying? Was there any word on how he felt about it? Oh, he rocked up on opening night and got up on stage and did a speech. <laughs> Initially, he, he wasn't keen on the idea no, at all. I mean, when you've been in the public eye for as long as someone like that and you've, and you've just been torn to shreds in every way possible, you can, you can imagine what his expectations would have been. But it is warts and all, but it's not a sort of university review just ripping him to shreds. And so they did. They snuck him into a preview. And, and Shane was really impressed with the show. And he said, even though some parts were difficult to watch, he really enjoyed it. And then just flat out asked, look, what can I do to help? Oh, brilliant. Um, so he, he was incredibly gracious and got up at the end and got a standing ovation and cracked a couple of pretty good gags of his own. It was really charming and friendly and it was a really generous thing for him to do. Thanks for your time this morning on The Bucket List, Mike. 
This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Now, next week, Di, is an event that should be on people's bucket lists. It can't be on, unless you're a competitor. This is physically gruelling. Why would you want to do this race? And how would you even practice it realistically? You can actually practice at Eureka Tower in Melbourne. They do a stair climb. They also do one at Q1, Gold Coast, two tallest buildings in Australia. We are talking about the Empire State Building stair climb. It's also called the Empire State Building run-up. It's not really a run. It is a stair climb. Unfortunately, even though it's on people's bucket list, it is probably the biggest, most well-known sporting event that spectators actually cannot get to. Nobody watches. You have to just compete. But there is no room on the stairwells for spectators. Do most of the contestants make it? I mean, this would be grueling. Oh, I would have thought every contestant makes it. I've actually been to this event as a spectator slash media person. I actually had to go and stand on the 65th floor stairwell to watch people walk past me. The little bit at the start where people actually run, the 10 metres from the start to the through the door, you get like 30 or 40 people in the elite races trying to get through one door. That's quite funny in itself because the door is actually quite small. So they're trying to squeeze through and it's uh, pole position if you get through first. Oh, well, I saw them walk past on the 65th floor. I think the record is 9 minutes 30 to get up the 1,576 steps. You are so close. It's 9 minutes 33. Oh, is it? The record is set by a man called Paul Craig, and he's Australian back in 2003, 9 minutes 33. Well, not only Susie Walsham from Brisbane, she's won this event eight or nine times. So Australians are the go-to nation in the world of stair climbing. Got to be harsh on your knees. Oh, incredible, incredible. And like you said, why would you want to do it? (laughs) Just why? Is it mostly Americans? Yeah, generally. I think the the fact is that it's in New York. I think it's because it's iconic. Yes, it is. Of course it is. But they do it at Petronas Towers in um, uh, Malaysia. There's one in Hong Kong and there's one in Shanghai now, but they're starting to do lots more around the world. How would you practice for it? The old Dandenong steps, isn't that a thousand steps? Oh, yeah. That's... So there you go. We actually met a guy from Hawaii that had his leg bitten by a shark, had his leg amputated, and he does the stair climbs. He still surfs as well, apparently. How does he climb a stair with Well, one he's leg? got a prosthetic leg. That's magnificent. No, it was magnificent. Uh, just what a great story. You're listening to The Bucket List. Good morning. One of the Grand Tours starts tonight. Giro d'Italia and we have Tom Reynolds for Cycling Australia. It is a spectacular uh, event, a more picturesque event than the Tour de France and more favourable than the Tour de France, that's for sure. A lot of purists think it's the best of the Grand Tours. Italy always turns on the beautiful views. My personal bet is Primoz Roglic. This guy has the most unusual background I think I've ever seen. He's a former ski jumper who competed professionally in Winter Olympic type sports from 2000 up to 2011. Injured himself, used to do cycling in the off-season. I think we'll see an amazing result from him. Three events this year, three wins, so he is red hot. You've got some (laughs) facts for us, the distances and the calories that they burn. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The shortest stage is only eight kilometres. Then we start to get into some serious caves. The biggest is around the 240-kilometre mark. On those days, riders will burn anywhere between five and 8,000 calories. And to put that in context, an average 75-kilo male would burn about 2,000 a day on an average sort of day. They need to eat four times more than you'd normally eat. Keep in mind, in the middle of that, they've got five to six hours of cycling, and eating during that is quite tough. 70-kilo male would need to eat 55 bananas a day to get that sort of calorific intake. Wow. Do they drink more as well? Yeah, they'd need to have about a litre of water, and it goes up as the effort goes up and the temperature goes up. It's a bit of a scary situation where they could drink eight litres of water and not need a, a wee at the end of the day. <laughs> That's right. Most of the Tour de France contenders won't 
won't be here because they've just realised now, even with a month off afterwards, it's not enough time to come back up. You know, we talked about 8,000 calories a day for three weeks. It's a pretty hideous effort required. If there was one cycling event on your bucket list you'd love to go and see, what would it be? Paris-Roubaix. The hell of the north. It's a 240-odd kilometre race from the north of Paris into Roubaix. 15 sections of cobblestones. The weather's always horrible. It rains, people <laughs> fall off. It's the uh, enjoyment of seeing others suffer, really. Uh, hell on earth. Absolutely spectacular. Tom, thanks for your time this morning, and uh, hopefully your weekend will be uh, full of cycling. That's the Giro Italia. Tom Reynolds for Cycling Australia. On the bucket list on SEN+. Plus. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good morning, Melbourne. Good morning, Beefy. How are you this morning? Just awesome. It's weekend. Coming up to the Cricket World Cup, starts in England at the end of the month. Straight after the Cricket World Cup is the Ashes, which is even bigger. That's going to be huge. Who are you tipping? Cricket World Cup, West Indies. I just think they've got the firepower to win. Do you not think that we're at a better advantage, though? We've got two of our best players back who've been banned and now they're back in the game. What's your thoughts there? Warner's in the best form of his life because he's uh, been playing in the IPL and he's been smashing all sorts of records in the IPL this year. Warner could be the difference. Steve Smith's back. He's a talisman for Australia. Accumulates runs, can turn games. Obviously, off the back of his ban in the IPL, he has, oh, he's just come back and just smashed a load of runs against the Kiwis in Brisbane this week. But hasn't he had some issues with an elbow injury? Yeah, he did hurt his elbow, you're right. But I think it's okay because he has been playing in India and he has been playing in the warm-up games in Brisbane. Yeah, they were playing for the IPL, the Indian Premier League. Is that what it stands for? It does. These guys would have lost quite a bit of money when they were banned with their contracts and their sponsors. Hopefully they would have made it up with the IPL or possibly more, do you think? I don't think those two would have gone short. Warner's uh, family is uh, represented by Roxy Jasenko and they get some media work. So uh, I don't think they would have missed out. And look, they make good livings. So they really do. Even though they were banned, Warner and Smith both played in Canada, played in this new Canadian league. Mm-hmm. They got paid handsomely for that. But they played in the Bangladesh Premier League. They played in the Indian Premier League. There's money to be made, even if you are banned from playing in Australia or for Australia. Are these fans in India? They're a lot crazier than Australian oh, fans. I mean, it, it's a religion there, isn't it? Oh, the crowds in the Indian Premier League this year have been ridiculous. It is a religion. You had Smith and Warner playing for the IPL, the Indian Premier League. Yep. If you want to play in the Indian Premier League, you basically put your hand up. Mm. They have an auction at the start of the year. All the owners of the teams bid for those players. Yeah. Pretty sure Warner was like 1.2, 1.3 million or something. Yeah. Competition only goes for six to seven weeks. David Warner's picking up 1.2, 1.3 million for seven weeks' work. What is the deal? Because you had players like Shane Warne, who used to get a bit beefy yeah. playing. You didn't have to be so slimline, but these days they're more athletic. Do you need to be? You can get away with it. I think the fitter you are, and the, the better you are. Because obviously the stronger you are, the further you can hit the ball, or the quicker mm. you can bowl. These guys look after themselves pretty much so. I don't think it's uh, there's too many cases but, in the world with Shane Warne type people or Murph Hughes. Or, but it, it never affected Shane Warne, surely. I mean, he was one of the best, still is. That's right, yeah. But um, I think Warney had a persona that, uh, you know, he basically told people he didn't train and he only ate baked beans on tour and things like that. But uh, behind the scenes, I think he worked hard at his game. Really? Yes, of course he did. Where are the guys at the moment? Just played in Brisbane yesterday mm-hmm. against New Zealand in a warm-up game. They just had a, a week-long warm-up, three games they played in the Brisbane Sun. But they left for England last night, but they're going to go via Gallipoli, die. Why is that? Well, I think it's a kind of a team bonding thing and get them to, you know, I think in the wake of the uh, ball-tempering scandal, 
I think they're going to do a lot more things to kind of reflect on what it's like to represent Australia. Mm, so they're going to go via Gallipoli to get a feeling for that and just before the World Cup. But, I mean, did Cameron Bran- Bancroft really not think when he had his hands down his, un- down his <clears throat> pants playing with the cricket ball that people couldn't see that on TV? Do you I know mean, what? Geez. When you say, did he really not think, between the three of them, I'm going to put myself out there, there was more than three people involved. They are the scapegoats. But they were the three people, the captain, the vice-captain, and the young buck that got caught. If the bowlers say they didn't know what's happening, I don't believe them. I was a bowler. You know what's going on with the ball. But whether they knew or not it was going to that excrete, bringing sandpaper onto the field and roughing up the ball, that they all knew. Viewing the footage, even with him sticking his hands down his underwear <laughs> for that period of time, it looks really, really it, strange. It was as if they thought... Oh, we're not on TV. There's not 30 cameras here looking at every aspect of what we do. Just stupidity. They deserve what they got. They thought they could con the officials, con the public and everyone else by claiming they didn't know what was happening. Do you think that one-year ban was long enough? It was long enough. It was probably a little bit too long in in all fairness, Mm. but they were trying to make a point, the Australian career. But don't forget, the ICC only banned them for, like, Smith got two matches, Warner got one match and Bancroft got two matches as well. But the Australian Cricket Board actually banned them for their act out of, you know, bringing the Australian team into disrepute. Good morning, Cam. Oh, good morning, guys. What a week for football. Oh, it's been insane, hasn't it, this week? These two games have just been incredible. It started on Tuesday night for us here in Australia. Liverpool were facing Barcelona. They were 3-0 down after the first leg, so they needed to win 4-0 die to get through the final. And unbelievably, Barcelona, one of the best teams in the world went to Anfield, and Liverpool knocked them over 4-0. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I saw the fans on TV. They went absolutely mental. A passionate club, aren't they? I mean, Liverpool are really seen as sort of a family-based club, aren't they, I guess? Certainly, CB in that stadium would have been something to behold. The following night, uh, Tottenham, who were away to Ajax in Amsterdam, were 1-0 down from the first leg. Ajax even scored twice in the second leg. So Tottenham had to score three goals away from home in the space of about 40 minutes. Unbelievably, in the fifth minute of injury time, Luca Mora, or Luca Mora, the commentator went, Martin Tyler, uh, scored in the fifth minute of injury time a hat-trick to put them through to an all-English Champions League final, which hasn't happened since, uh, well, Chelsea Man United in 2012. Luca Mora, I mean, amazing, wasn't it? I mean, three... Three goals, a hat-trick to the young man. Unbelievable. And he, I think, only joined from um, Paris Saint-Germain in 2018 for some record amount of money. I think like £25 million. It was amazing to watch. And to be honest, he hardly plays. With Harry Kane's fit, he doesn't get a game. And yet, the first game, Kane got injured. Mora came on against Watford, I think, and got a hat-trick. And then, uh, obviously, he's repaid all faith in uh, Pochettino. And uh, it's got a second-half hat-trick to put him through to the Biggest game in club football, the Champions League final. June 2, I believe, I think is going to be the, the, be the final. And the race will be back for Harry Kane, who's, um, who's injured with an ankle injury. Yeah. He thinks he's uh, going, to be, going to be fit enough for it. But, um, I mean, he's, he's got a bit of tough competition, too, with uh, Moore and a number of others that yeah. formed out of their skin. But imagine what it's going to be like in Madrid June second, you're yeah. going to get fifty thousand scousers, fifty thousand Londoners, all in Madrid. It's going to be mayhem. And the scousers are mad. <laughs> 
I don't think the Londoners yeah, aren't too far behind. That's right. The other the other thing of note I wanted to talk about was Sonny Garcia, who's in intensive care at the moment. Oh, and wow. I think best wishes his way from the um, surfing community. There's been a, an outpouring of, uh, of love for him on Instagram from people like Kelly Slater and all those that are on the uh, World Surf League absolute champion and wish him well. Sonny Garcia has suffered his demons over the years and it's sort of unconfirmed at the moment. He's talked about depression and things but he's suffered different times. He's someone that does get forgotten a little bit in, in surfing circles but given that he's only won one world title but he has won the Triple Crown six times. He's also had the most WQS wins ever at 22. He's well revered by other surfers so we wish him well. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard that he'd actually tried to commit suicide. That is the rumour. Is it confirmed or not confirmed? Nothing confirmed okay. at the moment. Time will tell. And don't forget, it's Magic Weekend in the Rugby League. The Storm taking on the Eels tonight from Brisbane. So uh, it's going to be a bumper-packed weekend as normal. Cam, all the best for the weekend, and uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, guys. On the bucket list. And this morning we're speaking to Daniel Giacconi from Sportsnet Holidays and we're talking about the NBA All-Star in Chicago, which is next February from the 14th to the 16th of February. Good morning, Daniel. Tell us all about the weekend. It sounds amazing. Good morning, guys. Uh, super excited about this one. Uh, obviously, it's, it's the world's biggest exhibition sporting event and, and it's an opportunity to see the biggest names uh, in the NBA all in one place. Uh, which, you know, is the likes of names such as LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, and, and our own Ben Simmons, who uh, was the first Australian NBA All-Star just this year. I bet you've got some amazing special packages for the weekend as well, Daniel. We do. So being a, a three-day weekend uh, event, we have three-night packages. Packages include all events over the weekend. So on the Friday, there's the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. So the weekend's not just about the All-Star Game itself. Uh, there's the All-Star Celebrity Game, which consists of actors, musicians, media personalities, you know, former NBA legends, the likes of Justin Bieber and Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg and Usain Bolt have played in that in the past. There's also the Rising Stars Challenge, which happens uh, post that game on the Friday. So first and second year plays only in a USAV rest of the world format. On Saturday, there's the famous slam dunk contest, which, you know, for me brings back visions of a, a young Michael Jordan dunking from the foul line or a, a four foot two Spud Webb, you know, <laughs> winning the, the contest back in the day, even though he was a little bit taller than that. There's the three-point challenge on the Saturday, uh, which is one of my favourite parts of the weekend, so the league's best three-point shooters. And there's the skills challenge on Saturday afternoon, which where players have to shoot past, jump and dribble their way through an obstacle course in the fastest time possible. All of that before you get, you know, the main event being the All-Star Game on Sundays. What a cracking weekend. Absolutely brilliant. It's very, very difficult to get tickets for, and that's when uh, you guys come in, you look after the tickets, you look after the transfers, you look after the accommodation. It couldn't be easier, Daniel. You're absolutely correct. This is one of the most sought-after, in-demand bucket list events on earth. In 2010, if my memory serves me correctly, they held it at Cowboy Stadium, yes. 108,000 people to watch this weekend. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, and obviously it's at the United Centre in uh, Chicago, and it, that probably only holds, you know, 2025. So uh, these are, tickets are going to be like gold dust. 
Absolutely. And the thing I love about, forget where it's being held, it could be held anywhere and, and this would be a world-class bucket list event, but being held in Chicago, one of my favourite cities in the world, absolutely love the place. It's a bucket list city, not just a bucket list event. Also to be held at the United Centre, the home of the Chicago Bulls and one of the most iconic stadiums in the world. It all makes for just one sensational weekend. What travel packages do you offer, Daniel? So they're three-night packages, check-in on the Friday, check-out on the Monday. Our clients get accommodation in central Chicago. They get tickets to all those different experiences over the weekend. So the, the All-Star Celebrity Game, the Rising Stars Challenge, the Slam Dunk Comp, etc., etc., obviously the NBA All-Star Game. On the Sunday before the NBA All-Star Game, we also do a, a two-hour pre-game VIP hospitality event. So our clients will get the opportunity to, to meet some NBA legends. And, and, and as I mentioned every week, they'll get some photo and autograph opportunities. Plus, for some of our, our guests, those that are actually sitting closer to the court, post the All-Star game, we'll get them on the court at the United oh, Centre. wow. A special photo in memory of the weekend, and what better way to conclude what I think is one of the best sporting weekends of the year. Yeah, absolutely sounds like it. It's a weekend you could dribble over. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Terrible oh, joke. Terrible. If you want to know more, and I promise no bad jokes, give Sportshead Holidays <laughs> a call on one three hundred triple eight eight five eight. That's one three hundred triple eight eight five eight. Or you can jump on their website www.sportsnetholidays.com. That's sportsnetholidays.com. There's nothing like being at a live event, whether it's the Australian Open Tennis, the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan or the Bathurst 1000. With over 20 years' experience, Sportsnet will ensure the adventure of a lifetime. With over 50 world-class events, Sportsnet guarantees official tickets and accommodation, even to sold-out events. You'll even get access to behind-the-scenes experiences. Over 10,000 travellers each year choose Sportsnet. Call one 858 or visit sportsnetholidays.com. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of our friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au.